Welcome to the final episode of the Lady Science Podcast. Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, for real, most of you probably know, but this is the final episode of the Lady Science Podcast. Uh, But as always, I am Rebecca Ortenberg, Lady Science's Managing Editor. I'm Anna Reeser. And I don't, wow. I, former co founder and co editor in chief. You're, yes. you're still the, you will be the co founder forever. I mean, I'm Anna. You know me. I'm Layla, the other one. We're so bad at this. Yeah, coming into this last final episode with some really weird energy. I know. Yep. Yeah. But you know, as we that that's also typical of of us. You know, I think it's I think it's worth having some weird energy. I think the whole podcast has just been weird energy, <laughs> like of different. We've discovered yeah. new depths and gradations and textures of weird energy to explore together it's, and share it's with you. True. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I do think that like there were a good number of you guys out there who enjoyed our weird energy. Um, and even shared our weird energy with your students, which um, thumbs up Is for that. Just perpetually <laughs> surprising to me. Yes. Um, <laughs> shocking and appalling, but also genuinely delightful. Uh, jokes aside, it was always great when we heard, oh, yeah, an assignment for our my history of science intro class was to listen to an episode. And then we'd find out the students really liked it. And... That was really awesome. Terrifying, but oh but yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, I, I'll since maybe not everyone who's listening <laughs> knows what's going on. We are ending <laughs> operations on Lady Science at the end of this month. Um, we announced it back in October on our uh, seventh anniversary. Um, We've just kind of gotten to the point to where we're big enough to expand and need more staff, but the nature of crowdfunding does not supply the funds that we need to be able to do that. So we've just kind of reached a point in the journey where it's just time to to say goodbye. And um, so our last uh, pieces in the magazine will come out um, right before Christmas, and this is our last podcast episode. Yeah, so we thought we would just, I don't know, say goodbye and maybe talk a little bit about um, our favorite episodes or, you know, parts of the podcast we really enjoyed, and then maybe that could be your kind of, like, end of the podcast roundup. You can go listen to uh, episodes you might have missed or re-listened to classics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is just the greatest hits mixtape. <laughs> Rebecca, you go first. What was your favorite <laughs> oh, oh, episode? Thanks. <laughs> um, before I jump into that, I also want to say, as as that implies, uh, we're going to keep the website up, um, including all of the podcast episodes and uh, um, yep, yep. all of the writing, so you will get to continue to enjoy it if you are sad and need more lady science in your life or like to, I don't know, listen to this on trips. I, that got, anyway. <laughs> I just, I have a thought and then I finish the thought and then I keep talking. Um, yeah, but uh, 
so yeah, we're talking about our greatest hits. Um, something that definitely popped into my mind in thinking about my favorite podcast episodes uh, and thinking about um, the interviews we've done. And uh, it's been kind of great to be able to interview some really fabulous rock stars in the field. And something that I come back to again and again is a very early interview that we did um, very early on in the podcast with um, historian Susan Stryker. And uh, she was at the time, I think, working on a book uh, that, and she read a little bit from a draft of her book where she talked about the, um, essentially the nature of doing history and uh, doing his, and like documenting the history of marginalized people. And um, we've had a few people who have said brilliant things on that topic uh, for us, uh, and she was one of them. And I have literally quoted uh, this uh, interview in multiple talks, papers, essays, things I have done, and I think I will continue to because um, it was really great. If I remember correctly, she made Anna – She made no, Anna, you weren't there for it. She made uh, Layla and I cry. Um, yep. she, she straight up she made us cry. Absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was fabulous. And it's also kind of cool that to to remember that you know, as as much as we like make fun of academia as a whole, there have been some really fabulous people who are amazing academics uh, who have been doing this kind of work more deeply and for much longer than we have and they were willing to come and talk to us because we asked them nicely making our identities real is what we trans people do and we bring our worlds along with us this is our talent our burden our necessity our gift this is what transpires now new realities emergent trans realities flowing across the gap that separates actuality from desire, flowing from what is to what will be. History is not the past. History is a story that we tell in the present, one that reaches back to conjoin what can be known of what has already transpired to our vision of whatever yet may come. History is not a fact, but a promise. It is the assurance that the future will be as different from the current moment as the current moment has become from all that has come before. History is a witness that bears testimony to the inescapability of difference and the inevitability of change. To write history can be more than stringing one brute fact after another to fill up the emptiness of time. It can be more than constructing a monument to the violence of the great and powerful, more than the satisfaction of a craving among the people for the sweet comfort of nostalgia at the end of a bitter day. To write history, for those of us who need another world, is to catch sight elsewhere of a radical possibility made visible by the light of a current calamity. History transpires in the here and now. It is the story that makes real, pasts that are unremembered and actions now unimagined, 
in anticipation of futures that must be summoned forth from a present that demands our daily effort to shatter and transform it. I mean, that's one of my favorites, too, that I still think about. And when she was quoting from the book that wasn't published yet, she was still in the process of writing it, I believe. Yeah. Um, and she, we had asked her, like, what does scholarship activism look like for her it was also coming off of a really bad i mean this was pretty soon after the 2016 election yeah and it was like a really bad week when like the immigration stuff at the texas border was getting increasingly horrific and um so it was like it came off of a really bad week a really bad election cycle um, and for her to kind of read that with such clarity at a time when it just didn't feel like there was much clarity to be had in anything. Yeah. I think that's what made me really like choked up listening to it. It's still kind of surprising to me, like that there can be people that live through moments like this and just have this clear eyed hope and optimism, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and she was one of those, it seemed like, at least in that moment, you know? Yeah. Do you have a favorite interview or episode, Anna? Um, no, I have a lot. <laughs> well, pick, pick one. Close your eyes and pick one. I hate, I hate this and you. Why do you make me do this? <laughs> um, in terms of, like, just, like, a thing that was really fun to make. I <laughs> had uh, an incredible time doing the um, National Parks Smoky Bear episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, in part because it was just like, it was hilarious from start to finish. <laughs> and uh, there were some like iconic <laughs> uh, things that happened in that episode. <laughs> I just yeah. want to bring up one thing that lives in my head rent-free, and that is the shredded Smokey the Bear. <gasps> Why is he so ripped? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. I just, as you were talking, I couldn't, like, the image was swimming into my mind, and I couldn't get it to go away, and I just have to, like, exercise that demon. Why is Smokey so ripped now? I don't like it. But it just, uh... It reminded me that, like, the pleasure of doing um, something like a podcast is kind of like what you were saying, Rebecca, that you get to spend time with people you might not otherwise get to talk to and you get to learn about um, their interests and their work. And, like, we've met a lot of amazing people doing the podcast. Um, and, you know, some of those things have bloomed into, like, long-term friendships and I don't know it's just really nice to make something that you know is substantive we did write like a substantive episode about the national parks um and there's a lot of good information and thinking in there but there's also just a lot of silliness and fun and uh you know as like you said, Rebecca, as much as we like to make fun of the Academy, one of the things that I really uh, appreciated about Lady Science for myself and for, you know, other people who have been part of it is just 
you know, being joyful about doing scholarship and about, you know, thinking about the world and, and, uh, investigating and learning and like, just in like that very simple sense that like, that's something that, um, I like to do. And like, sometimes (laughs) it's hard to like reach that joyful place, but, um, that is something that often happened on the podcast. And also I produced that episode and I'm very proud of it. Because Layla's on vacation. <laughs> I wouldn't have called why it wasn't their vacation. Oh, that's right. No, you were on medical leave, basically. <laughs> Family <laughs> <Yeah>. medical leave. <laughs> I think one of my favorite interviews was the one we did with Wendy Zuckerman mm-hmm. from Science Versus, in which so uh, she told us about some of the men that she's had to interview, <laughs> including one who tried to uh, urinate while on the phone doing a professional interview. Recently was interviewing uh, a scientist uh, for, for these, this coronavirus series, and he started peeing in the middle of the interview. <gasps> yes. Oh, yes, my. Yes, he did. And I was like... What's that sound? And then he said, don't worry about it. <laughs> Can you believe that? Well, I mean, I hate to break it to y'all. I've been peeing this entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of people who can talk about really substantive, serious things while just like laughing hysterically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and bring both those things across. Like, I, I, I feel like, yeah, there's, there's this sort of great community of both, like, scholars and writers and communicators, uh, who get that, kind of get the, like, you can both be very, this can be, like, a serious thing, and that's, like, a serious, awful, like, thing but it's also really funny (laughs) and uh we kind of you know have to laugh at the awful stuff sometimes and there yeah no she was she was great she was hilarious and you know irreverent in the way that we all fit in very well together yes i think exactly exactly (laughs) Yeah. One of my favorite regular episodes is the one, one of the ones that we did for Pride Month, where we talked about the polyamorous relationship between Sarah Josephine Baker and Louise Pierce and uh, Ida Wiley. Mm-hmm. So most sources say that Baker and Wiley were the main couple and Pierce was merely their, quote, roommate. Um, but I think that there is room to say that this was a polyamorous relationship. Um When we look to queer relationships in the past, uh, you know, it's important that we don't look at them just through, like, a nuclear family lens, Um, and it's important to recognize that queer people weren't just trying to have relationships that mirrored traditionally heteronormative family structures. Um, There were and are many ways that queer people lived their relationships and built their families. Whenever we do those episodes on um, women who have relationships with other women, is going back through and looking at what other historians have written to where they just like, you know, 
tie themselves into pretzels trying to jet, like come up with reasons why these women had the friendship that they had and behaved the way that they had without actually saying that they're gay. Whatever it takes to avoid actually saying that these people were gay. <laughs> I think that that one's fun because it is one where you kind of see you see how it becomes so obvious how these pretzels are based on whatever the assumptions of the historian are because there mm -hmm. there were i think some sources that we talked about where they were very happy to say the two of these women were a couple but they really were uncomfortable with the idea that maybe they were in a polyamorous triad of some kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, like, they twist themselves in knots in that same way, kind of, that, like, people, you know, previously had twisted themselves in knots to not say that this was uh, um, two women in a relationship. And it just, yeah, it just goes, it kind of, it's an interesting example of, like, how sort of innocently and not so innocently we put like our own assumptions about what relationships are on other people mm -hmm. one of the things looking back on the entirety of our podcast run um which it feels like we've been doing it for a hundred years and we haven't <laughs> i don't think we even hit 50 50 episodes <laughs> well maybe we did if we include the bonus episodes yeah. and with the regular episodes but the just, like, sheer amount of ground that we covered. <laughs> like, we did history of recipes. We did anatomical Venus. We did history of sex research. We did menopause, you know? Like, we did... We we covered a lot of ground uh, during the run of the podcast, and I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. Oh, I was. I want to give a special shout out to the only man to ever appear on the Lady Science Podcast. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> Jordan Bim on our gender and spaceflight episode. Um, that was a really good interview. I was just thinking about that, um, and I think that was a really yeah. good interview. It's also well, we also had Stephen McGann. That's true. But we didn't. He wasn't. <laughs> we didn't a guest. have him on the show. No, and which like, is one of our greatest failings. Let's be. We had he was a celebrity cameo. Yeah, he. <laughs> oh, he's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's so nice. Friend of the show, Stephen McGann. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also speaking of like the wide range of things that we covered, we actually did a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> lady science themed yes. series. So yeah, we did cover a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we got Stephen McGann to participate in that. So yeah. So yeah. I think that might be the most successful thing we've done. It was pretty great. Over the past seven years. It's 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 a <laughs> highlight. Yeah. Yeah. And all it took was Anna DMing him on Twitter. <laughs> that was the extent of it. Right. Speaking of people sliding into his DMs. <laughs> Hey, hey, Dr. Turner. Yeah, speaking of, like, white dudes that <laughs> will allow to live yeah. after we take over, Stephen yeah. McGann and Jordan Bim. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's true. Um, I do want to, like, also shout out uh, Jordan, um, his, his discussion and uh, 
in the information he shared about his research, I think is one of them that like it's it's become sort of my trivia that I share at a cocktail party. Kind of, did you know? Because I know you've I know you know about the monkeys that went to space, but did you know that they were both female and that they had this whole weird ass uh, <laughs> um, domestic. Uh, <laughs> play that they made these poor uh, apes play for the rest of their lives. So to actually have animals back alive after the experiment was a big deal because you could do things with them, like you could you could subject them to further experiments, but then you could also parade them around for public relations purposes, which is exactly what NASA did with Abel and Baker. They had a giant press conference for them at NASA headquarters. They appeared on the cover of Life magazine together. Um, and they sort of had these very long and interesting afterlives as these sort of unwilling uh, representatives promoting spaceflight. And the most interesting thing about Abel and Baker is that both of them were female monkeys, um, but afterwards they were sort of gendered in this binary where Abel uh, was sort of crafted as like the stereotypical astronaut cold warrior and assumed to be male, as referred to as he in like um, whenever it appears in movies, Whereas Baker was fitted into the image of the sort of suburban housewife, and she was confined to an enclosure they called Baker's Bungalow. They even found another male monkey that they called her monkey husband, and they expected her to reproduce. So the focus there was on her reproduction capacity and, um, you know, the study of her offspring. So anyways, it's a fascinating story. Uh, It shows how, like, um, masculinity in the space program was under construction even before the first humans even flew in space. These ideas were already there, and there was sort of already this really important shoring up around around spaceflight that, that, you know, it comes out even in the case of of monkeys. (laughs) Um, So weird. And it's so weird, and it's, yeah, so it... There are many things, strange things I have learned from people doing this podcast, and that's a fun one to share. Yeah. Oh, and this is just like, this is just like a call out pod now, but like, um, a special thanks to Rebecca Onion for coming on. Uh, She's one of the first people that I ever talked to about like what lady science could be. Um because she was doing such an amazing job with her sort of blogging work for Slate at the time. And um, she agreed to talk to me at a conference just so I could literally pick her brain about, like, what is it like being, you know, a person, like, a scholar. A person. (laughs) What's it like being a person? Please Please help me. me. (laughs) It was kind of like that, too, if I remember correctly. (laughs) But I just really appreciated that – you know, she took the time to kind of talk to me about about that stuff, and I I have taken a lot of her advice to heart, and it was nice to get to talk to her about her work uh, on the podcast. You know, it's just it's such a such a cool opportunity to have a podcast and be like, hey, yeah. I really like your work. Do you want to come talk to us? Yeah, you know, we have had some pretty cool guests. We had uh, Rebecca Onion. We had Sophia Noble. Mm-hmm. We had Susan Stryker. Um, we had um, Emily Grassley. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the fantastic ladies from um, Dope Labs. Yes. You know, um, we've had some yeah. a pretty good lineup of of guests. I think. Yeah, and if you, you know, I think our interviews are like a good who's who do who's doing like really incredible 
scholarship in the history yeah. of science yeah. right now. You just make yourself yeah. a book list. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, well, and I did a I did a little series, a three episode series talking with current working women in scientists, all from various fields, um, about how they integrate feminism into the science that they do. Um and so we talked um, with an anthropologist, an astrophysicist, you know, so there's a, a sociologist. So there's a lot of kind of variety in there of how, you know, current working women in STEM use feminism uh, in their everyday life and work. Yeah. Um, and that's that's pretty interesting to listen to as well, since we do kind of usually focus on the historical aspect of things. It was cool to get a working, you know, present working perspective of of those things. Yeah, we did a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> I do want to come back to the Dungeons and Dragons episode just really quickly because like that was such a massive undertaking and the recording was like 6 hours <laughs> and Layla was I was afraid she was literally going to die while we were recording because she got, was super sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and yeah, it was fun to, I think me and Anna just like had like four beers over Zoom one night and like came up with the story. And uh, then, um, so that was like, that was super fun. Anna put a lot of work into creating the campaign and um, it was really fun doing the sound and mixing and music for that and it was Rebecca's very first plot time playing Dungeons and Dragons so it was a, it was a lot of fun um making that um yeah yeah and I, I wish we I wish we had been able to do another one but yeah I wish we had yeah. been able to re-record the second half because every we uh, everybody was passing into the shadow realm by that point <laughs> Yeah, I, I was literally laying my head on the desk, <laughs> yeah. still trying to stay in character and play. Yeah. But it was super fun and it was super joyous and like, like Lila said, like sitting down and like breaking the story for the for the campaign was another instance in which doing this kind of work reminded me that like I, I I actually do love the history of science and I I am interested in it and you know all the kind of like goofy story beats we came up with we were able to you know do those and like pun them and make them funny you know because we well we thought they were funny. well yeah let's <laughs> funny i mean like i feel like there are all these moments where it's it's like oh this is this is women's history of science fan service and i'm here for it uh and um that's all we know how exactly to what exactly so about? like there was a like, surprise it's it, it's like how in cheesy historical fiction suddenly like you know for like forrest gump meets everyone famous from that era and like that kind of thing is such a cliche in um historical fiction but you know what there's a reason we do it and it's great when we're able to do that with some of our favorite uh historical um characters and to kind of move through it and get to see the surprise and not know what was coming uh, was just a delight yeah, it was. And like I hope that um when people listen go back and listen to the podcast or as they have listened to it with us going along 
is that I hope people do get a feel of how much we do love history. We might not have loved making the podcast all the time because there was a technical difficulty <laughs> nearly every single time. Um, but um, I think that that's one thing that does does come across in the episode is not just how much we love history of science, but like how uh, in the ways that we just get worked up about everything, like just also how, how much we feel about historical work as a social justice practice um, and something that, you know, uh, we're going to keep doing, I think in our own lives um, even if we're not doing it on the podcast or in the magazine anymore. Does anyone have anything else to say? Or are we good or I, good to say our goodbyes? Well, I, I do want to also uh, shout out to Layla for basically learning how to produce podcasts uh, and becoming... Might not have done it very well, but I did learn how to do it. No, you did. <laughs> Which I think you learned how to do it excellently. And that's just awesome. I, I feel like the... More and more people know this is more and more people have podcasts, but I feel like there's always this thing where someone in a podcast, group of people doing a podcast, is like, oh shit, I have to learn how to edit sound now. That's something I've literally never thought about before. And um, it's, I am very grateful that that person in our group was Layla. And oh, thanks, ah. you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like um, you can't just like start a podcast. Like, there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of shit you have to learn how to do, and yeah. things that need to be set up and maintained. And like, it's a lot of work. And um, like Layla said, if something literally went wrong every single time we sat down to record. Um, but like, we would have been really up a creek if you had, you know figured all that stuff out and and become such an excellent producer so thank you (laughs) thank you very much so yeah i guess um i just wanted to say and by way of closing and thank you to everybody who has listened to the podcast and enjoyed it thank you to people who have used it in their classes you're I don't know why you would do that, but good job. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, this is the end of one thing, but it's not the end of everything. So who knows what lies on the horizon? It's true. I have no doubt that we're going to all keep doing cool stuff. And certainly all of the people we've mentioned on this episode are going to keep doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, continuing to talk, bring all their feelings to talking about history, <laughs> which is, I think, yeah. what we have done best. Yeah. Well, and thank you guys. It was always fun doing this <clears throat> with y'all. It was just like sitting down and having a conversation mm-hmm. um and that's always fun because uh, i like talking to you guys um but uh yeah if you liked this episode i don't care if you didn't <laughs> uh we're not gonna be back next time uh so <laughs> that's the end bumper this time <laughs> <laughs>